So I'm I'm a big believer, A, in fate, I guess, but also in uh, you have to grab every opportunity that gets given you in life because you never know when the next opportunity will come along. And I it was I came home and my husband was in like the hot tub. It was you could see the Hollywood sign and he looked at me and he was like, where did it all go wrong? Welcome again to another episode of the Talking Selfish podcast, where we shine a light on the fantastic lives of those who have previously called the University of Salford home. We're doing another home recording this time, but don't worry, you can still catch us on camera if you prefer to watch us via YouTube. And I'm very excited to introduce a really talented guest for this episode who has gone from Peel Park to scaling the heights of the Hollywood Hills during her career. A warm Talking Salford welcome to Kelly Phillips. Kelly, how are you? I'm good, thank you. That's very, uh, very lovely intro. Um, but yeah, I'm good, thank you. Slight sore throat at the moment, so excuse my croaky voice. But very happy to join you. Thank you so much for being with us today. So Kelly Salford's story starts in 1996, when she arrived at the age of 21 to study accounting after a number of years living in the Canary Islands. Kelly always wanted to get into television and film, and maths was proven to be her strongest subject, so she eyed a career in the area of production finance. The day after her last exam as a third year in 1999, she got a call inviting her to set as an assistant production accountant in Devon. It was from there that Kelly slowly built up her portfolio of work, working on productions across Bristol and London, while still maintaining her base in Manchester. Kelly rose through the ranks of productions. Um, I'll repeat that. Kelly rose through the ranks of production finance while she worked on a number of TV and film shows, including the likes of Black Mirror, Spooks, Hustle, Broadchurch, and The Tunnel. Her involvement with Black Mirror's third season as a financial controller proved life-changing, as Netflix then asked her to come, abroad, come aboard as a finance executive in 2017, and she moved out to work in Los Angeles for some time. She's quickly risen through the ranks of one of the world's biggest streamers and is joining us from London this afternoon. But most weeks you'd find her travelling around the world in her role as Netflix's head of studio finance for the UK, Europe, Middle East and Africa. So, Kelly, let's start with the beginning then. So let's talk about your love of TV and film, as that's the industry you now work in. What were the first earliest films that you can remember watching as a child? Um, I didn't probably go back as far as a child, but some of the films that really stand out to me, there was a, a film, I don't know if anyone knows it, called Pretty in Pink, which yes. uh, was a Molly Ringwald film. I was obsessed by that. I must have seen that film about 20 times. Um, when I was really young, um, I was my, my mum and dad are very fond of telling me I was obsessed by Greece. Yeah. So loved that film. Still love it, actually. I can still watch that film. Um, and then other films that I remember, because I watched them again and again, are Dirty Dancing, Pretty Woman, um, all those kind of films were pretty iconic, I think, from, from my childhood. I remember them very well. Were there any kind of favourites looking back then that made you think about working in the film industry? No, I, I don't think I ever even considered that, to be honest, when mm -hmm. I was younger. I think it was only as I got older and started working more in the finance world that you start thinking about, oh, what do I want to do? And, you know, and, and, is, and could I? Um, 
but I guess that's kind of one of those things that you just don't think of it as an industry when you're young and that's kind of the thing that we want to change. Yeah, absolutely. So um, did you, because you had family that worked in the industry before deciding to go down that path, did you get the chance to visit any sets as a kid or as a teenager growing up? Um, so the only, the, I mean, my uncle worked in as a driver. I did actually go to kind of go to a set, but only because I lived in Peterborough at the time and there was Stamford, which is quite close to Peterborough, is very like period. It's a beautiful town. And they were filming Middlemarch there and they were asking for extras. And my sister actually went to be an extra. So I did go and watch, went with her. So kind of watched her being an extra. So watched a bit of filming. Um, so that was really interesting. But again, it wasn't, it's still at it, that point wasn't on my radar to like, oh, there's a link between maybe what I would want to do and moving into that because I was never very good at acting or any of the um, creative arts, should we say. So it was never something I thought of when I was younger. So let's talk about the time when you arrived in Salford then. I mean, so you arrive here in 1996. That's the same year as the IRA bombing in Manchester City Centre. So so what was Manchester and Salford like to be in as a student at the time? Um, I mean, very different to today. Definitely not as many swanky apartments and um, some of the areas that are now very lovely were very different back then. But I loved Manchester, I have to say. It was the first city that I'd ever lived in. So my mom and dad, when I was younger, I lived in Peterborough. So it is a city, but not a big city. Um, and I told one thing that was so um, stood out straight away was that kind of um, northern hospitality, like everyone was so friendly. And um, that was that really stood out to me. So um, I, I just I fell in love with Manchester straight away. Um, and I, I actually kept stayed in Manchester, kept a place until 2014. Um, I only actually left. I loved uh, the North. I only left for love, actually, when I met my husband. So that was the reason that I eventually sold my place up there and moved wholeheartedly down to Surrey. What, what are the key memories that jump out from, from that time at Salford that you had as a student? Is there anything that kind of rings any bells um, from, from your studies or just from your life in the city? Um, well, I remember, which is not related to studying, but Manchester United won the treble and yeah, Man City. 99. I had friends that I knew from Gran Canaria who were from Manchester and he was a huge Man City fan and City were way lower in the divisions then and they got promoted. So I remember like this double celebration in Manchester and I remember the whole city being out and it just being this amazing feeling of being part of like this huge celebration because the whole city was celebrating together, it felt like. So that was a memory that really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember generally just having a really great time there, you know, meeting great friends, many of which I've still got in my life. Um, yeah, just just generally a feeling of, and actually, sorry, just to add to that, also a feeling of um, regeneration in the yeah. time that I lived there, just seeing the city grow and, you know, the, they built the self Selfridges and Harvey Nichols and you got all these new restaurants opening and just seeing the city developing into this, the, the great city it is now, um, it was it was exciting to to see that come along. No, it must have been absolutely. And, and that regeneration has still come through uh, today, really, over the last few decades. It continues to 
continues to regenerate itself, Manchester. Um, yeah. so, so why why accountancy for accounting for a degree? So I'd already decided I wanted to be an accountant. So originally I finished my A-levels and went straight to um, work for a practice firm um, in Peterborough, where I was living at the time, uh, and quickly realised that this was not something I wanted to do forever. I, I didn't, it wasn't exciting. Um, and so at that point, I decided that I wanted to go back to uni to go and get my degree and have a look at other options in finance. I, I by then knew about production accounting, but I didn't know how easy it would be yet to get into. So when I'd done my work shadowing during my A-levels, I'd, uh, Thomas Cook is, is a huge, was a huge, the headquarters were in Peterborough. So I did my work shadowing there in the accounts department. It was actually um, in the audit department. And they, talk, they were talking to me about international audit. So you get to travel all over the world doing audits. So at that point, I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to uni, do a degree, do my ACCA because that's a internationally recognized qualification. Mm-hmm. And then I've got options. If I can't get into TV and film, then I'm going to look at doing something that enables me to travel the world. So, um, so I already knew I was, you know, I was always good at maths. I always knew that that was um, what I wanted to do in my career. So that's the reason that I decided to go to Salford. Uh, and Salford actually was one of the only universities that offered a, um, a course that had exemptions from ACCA. Okay. Um, I think it was, I think I looked at uh, Brighton and Salford and I visited both and I just loved the, the vibe of Manchester. Mm-hmm. You know, being in a big city, I had friends anyway that I'd lived with in the Canary Islands that had moved back to Manchester. And so I just, I fell in, as I said to you, I fell in love with the city. So I chose Salford. So both for the city and for the course that they offered. So when you say the ACC exemption, for those that don't know, what is that about then? Why was that such a big factor? Well, so you could, I could have done my degree or um, diploma or something like that. And then I would then have to do my exams, my ACCA. So there's, at the time, there was, you did your foundation, which your certificate and then your professional. So the, what the course that Salford offered gave you exemptions provided you passed at a certain level from foundation and certificate stages. And then my professional stage, I could then study. And actually Salford also did, you could do your professional exams full-time at Salford as a professional course. So I did the I did my diploma um, with the, and I got those exemptions and then I stayed on. Um, obviously, that was all paid for because it was professional studies and I got a loan to stay on rather than going to work to do it and did my professional study uh, exams for a yeah. year at Salford as well. So, so are they are they use exams you have to do after graduation then? You would have yes, some of them yeah. would be yes. Um, And so the idea was, okay, so I've done all those and then now I can decide, you know, then I could start looking at what the opportunities would be available, but I wouldn't have to work and study at the same time, which a lot of people do and which I would have done um, when I started, when I finished my A-levels, if I'd have continued in practice. I see. Okay. So yeah, a big factor then. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been to the campus in the last year. 
how does it compare to how it was in the late 90s? Um, so there's there's new buildings. It's um, I, I think it's I mean, generally from the uh, from the road, it doesn't look too dissimilar. But when you walk through the campus, it's yeah. much nicer. There's, you know, new buildings. Um, and I would also say it used to be when you used to walk from the university into Manchester, there wasn't a lot around there or it was mm-hmm. very different feel yeah. than it is now. So it was interesting because when I came up to do the talk to the accounting students a couple of months ago, there was an issue on the road. So we ended up walking back to Manchester. And there was, I was surprised, like, oh, there's a, we stopped and had a, ta- a tapas bar along the way. So it was just very different. Um, but and as they say, but still, still, you know, great memories and a great campus still. Yeah, that, the regeneration of Chapel Street is one of Salford's big, big success stories. Yeah. So I'm glad you got to experience that. Um, so you, you got your first break in the industry immediately after finishing here. So, so tell me about that story. How did that happen? Yeah, it was. Um, it's one of those things that you think, oh God, it was that sliding doors moment. Mm-hmm. I had a choice. It was literally um, the day after my last exam in the professional exams. And so I hadn't actually been out for six weeks because the exams were so hard. I'd been in and studying solidly for six weeks, hadn't seen anybody. I was so excited to finish and I had planned to go to Spain for the summer. At the time, my mom and dad lived in Spain. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, finished exams, go and have a couple of months off and then focus on what I want to do. And then I got a phone call. My uncle was uh, working as a driver on a show called Downsworth. And the accountant um, had unfortunately parted ways with his assistant. And he just happened to be talking to my uncle and mentioned it. So it's just like one of those moments. And my uncle said, oh, my uh, niece has just finished her accountancy exams she's always said she'd like to work in the industry and he said okay give her my number tell her to call me she has to call me today so I he called me I called him called him straight away he gave me a phone interview and then said I'll give you a trial um, for a month you need to start tomorrow so I literally had that decision which actually didn't even feel like a decision so I I packed up my little Fiat Uno, which I had at the time, uh, cancelled all my plans to go away for the summer. And the next morning I drove to Devon and started um, my job as a um, assistant accountant or trainee assistant accountant um, on my first TV job. That's crazy that you, it happened so quickly after graduation, but but that is this industry, isn't it? It's you get the call, you get an opportunity, you, you've got to take it. Has that been your experience over the, the years? Absolutely. I think, you know, if I hadn't taken that opportunity, I may never have had another one. So I just felt I just had to go for it. And um, and actually that accountant, he kept me as his assistant for over two years. So he took me from job to job to job and trained me up until I was ready and I got my first job as a production accountant. So it was, he was also very nurturing with me. So it's, um, it was like right place, right time. So I'm, I'm a big believer, A, in fate, I guess, but also in, uh, you have to grab every opportunity that gets given you in life because Mm -hmm. 
you never know when the next opportunity will come along. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, and sometimes you have to just sacrifice things. You have to make sacrifices. So I definitely, I don't think I ever took a summer off after that. Um, but, but I was so happy that I did it because it gave me the career that I've had for my life. And, you know, it's been, it's been fantastic. How were the first few jobs? Because uh, obviously this is something you wanted to do, but did it really feel quite early on that this is, yes, this is my career now. I'm happy with this. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved it straight away. Um, it was a bit scary, you know, going down. It was halfway through the job. So everybody had formed relationships, mm-hmm. but everybody was so friendly and helpful. Um, but you don't know anything. I mean, the names in the TV and film industry, like a grip, a best boy, I was like, I have no idea what all of these are. So it was really, you know, thrown in at the deep end, especially because they were filming already. So it wasn't like you got the prep where usually it's a little bit easier. Um, But it was it was an amazing experience. I knew straight away. I enjoyed it. I mean, we worked long hours, but I didn't mind. The positive thing about that show was we were all away on location. So you really got to know each other well. Yeah. Um, And everyone was so welcoming. and, And actually one of my best friends I met on that very first show and she's, I, you know, we still see each other all the time now. So um, it shows how closely you work together on those shows. But uh, I knew straight away that I wanted to keep doing it and that I would work as hard as I could to ensure that I kept working in the industry. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, So you went, you've ended up working on jobs, both in TV and film, but what have been some of your more favorite jobs over the years? Um, I would say, I mean, I've loved all of them in different ways. Um, sometimes the hardest ones have been the most successful ones. There was a show though that stands out called Funland, which was was actually in Manchester. I think it was the, most of my early career was in London and I really wanted to come back to Manchester. In fact, um, so much so that when I got offered the production accountant role by the BBC, which I took, they asked me to become staff. And one of my um, my bargaining tools was, yes, if I can get some work in Manchester. So then Funland came along, which was um, in the, like an, a comedy drama. And um, that was in Manchester. So they let me go and be the accountant on that. So I got to come back to Manchester. And it was such an amazing show. Um, it was just such fun. It was it was one of those shows when I look back and it seemed always to be sunny. We just had the most amazing summer. We did um, one week a block in Blackpool on in the Pleasure Beach. Oh, so okay. it was, and we did night shoots. It was just the whole crew were amazing. And we just had such great fun. Um, that, that show stood out for me. Um, and then probably another one, as you mentioned earlier, was Black Mirror. Black Mirror. And um, that was more, I think, it was really different. Mm-hmm. It was shooting all over the world, which I loved. So it was a great learning experience. You know, having different, they not weren't just units. It was like shooting different smaller films consecutively with yeah. totally different crews learning all different incentives. Um, it was it was great. And of course, that was my introduction to Netflix as well. So um, that was really, 
that was really great. And and again, it was a show that I wasn't meant to be doing. I got offered it. I was kind of waiting for another show to go. And I decided to to take the risk. And so it just shows like an opportunity comes. Do you want to take it? And then you do. And then it leads to other opportunities. Yeah. I mean, can you talk to me a little bit about the differences between working on, say, a TV show here in the UK or working on a film set um, in, in production finance? What's the big differences for you guys? I don't, I don't think there are as many differences now. I think it's really about budget size. Mm-hmm. So um, if, you know, you can work on a huge a huge series now which wasn't so much the case back then back then tv shows tended to be the smaller shows so there'll be like an accounting team of two um whereas the big films might have been like 10 so in film then and to an extent now but also the bigger series you tend to have a job so for an accountant uh, accounts team on a big film There'll be somebody that does petty cash, somebody that does P cards, somebody that does AP. You're very specific in your role. Mm-hmm. Whereas then there was the accountant and there was the assistant. So I did all of those things. Um, and so it depends on really the budget size to how specialized you get and the size of the teams that you work with. So a bit, the bigger the budget for, say, a film the bigger the size of the crew, the more assets that you've got on the move and more locations, I imagine, that you've got to get to around where you're going. But how does it compare actually when you're in a filming on a studio lot to filming on location? Um, I mean, you just move, when you're on location, obviously you're moving around a lot. So yeah. every day you're kind of somewhere different. Um, whereas on stages, you're much, you know, you're static. You tend to shoot more on a stage because mm-hmm. you're all in one place. I think it's nice to have, I always liked to have a balance. Um, So it depends, it also depends location work where you're just out on location, but within the, you know, but within a certain distance of your base versus location work where the whole crew are away together. Yeah. And I think the times when you all work away together on location, you're all staying away. That's when you really get to know everybody and kind of bond as a team. I've got you. I've got you. So, so let, let's talk about Netflix then. So you moved to one of the biggest streaming giants at the time, still is one of the biggest streaming giants. So talk to me about how you felt about making that move to LA and what was life like once you arrived? Um, it was funny because I got, I got an email after attending a networking session, a networking event. Um, again, just talking about taking opportunities I was very tired. I'd done a 12-hour day and the event was on the evening. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm tired. And I called my husband or my boyfriend at the time. And he said, you always tell me that you should always take opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've been invited to this networking event. It's Netflix. So I I kind of was like, yeah, you're right. So I went. And when I woke up the next morning, I got an email saying, would you consider moving to L.A.? So it just shows if I hadn't gone, would I have met those people? Would we have had those, com- you know, would I ever have met them? Would the opportunity have gone to someone else? So, um, and at the time, I my immediate reaction was, no, we're really happy. I've got a great career. And my husband was like, just say yes. And then just let's see, like, mm-hmm. see what opportunities there are. So, um, but obviously... I won't go through all the details and the time span, but obviously eventually I did get the role. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we we did move to LA, and it was scary moving away with you know away from all your friends and family, starting a whole new life because it was going to be forever. Um, was scary, but also really exciting. Um, I do think it made it slightly easier having a partner to go with. I think going on your own would have been super scary, um, but it was good. But we embraced it. You know, when we got there, we we just drunk it all in and made mm. sure that we made the most of our time there. Um, so it was it was um, it was great. But it was um, it was definitely hard to start with learning a whole new. You know, everything's different in the US. They have different union rules, and so there was a lot to learn. And um, having when you become a financial controller and you kind of become an expert in your field to then move somewhere else and be learning again is, is, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. I remember coming home every night and my head feeling so full of information. It felt like being back at school. Um, But, but then it was also amazing. There was a, there was a moment that I always remember we were staying in a like apartment hotel where we found accommodation and I it was I came home and my husband was in like the hot tub it was you could see the Hollywood sign and he looked at me and he was like where did it all go wrong <laughs> and I laughed but I, it was just one of those moments where you sort of think wow like I can't believe we're actually here in Hollywood and my office overlooked our office overlooked the Hollywood sign yeah. so there were those moments when I was, oh, this is really hard. And then you look outside and you think, what an opportunity and how many people get to do this. So I just remind myself how lucky I am every day. It, it sounds like a, an amazing opportunity. So, so how did you deal with the eight hour time difference? I always I always think that when it comes to people that have got family over in that part of the West Coast, it's hard, right? It is hard. And also a lot of the shows I was covering were, were here in mm in Europe um so you get used to getting up very early so um I became you know I was the first one in the office for sure um and I had to speak to friends and family in the mornings yeah which which was you know you get you do get into a routine but it's also difficult if you're ever feeling low or something happens to somebody um not being able to just pick up the phone no matter what time of day you know Mm -hmm. if you've had a bad day at work or you're just feeling like you need to talk to somebody and everyone's in bed so the the eight hour time zone was tricky but you 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 learn to work around it and have like windows of when you're going to call people that you know your family and friends etc yeah what were some of the big cultural shocks about going from london to la um culture shocks well my husband's very into sport so he was very upset about not being able to watch at a reasonable time um I think I think the main thing was just going and not having an established um circle of friends yeah okay. just really being starting again on on our own Mm. but we had only just got married so actually it was a great first year of um of marriage in that we were we we really bonded that year because it was just us um but apart from that I mean I don't think there was like any huge oh gosh this is really different or I I think we just embraced it 
You know, yeah, it was, absolutely. It, it was an amazing opportunity. And it, I hadn't been there that long, like a couple of months when we started discussing opening an office in London. So once we that those discussions started, I definitely could see that there was um, potential that I would be moving back. So I think we really embraced everything about being in LA yeah. um, and making sure we maximized, you know, our weekends and visited as much of um, California as we could. Absolutely. So I want to ask you about opportunities in the industry. So some research from the Association of Accounting Technicians found in a survey of school leavers that just 4% think finance skills are essential to the film TV industry, despite a record 6.72 billion being spent on production in the UK last year. There's a massive disparity in those figures. So, so why do you think there is this lack of awareness of a career in finance production here in, in the UK? I, do you know what I don't know? And that's definitely something we need to address. Um, I think maybe people, A, don't realise the opportunities. So that's like education. So we just need to do a better job of educating. Um, or, and also I think people think it's going to be really difficult to get into the industry. Yeah. Um, so both of those kind of pieces are education. I would say finance is like integral to TV and film production, you know, Everything has budgets, everything needs managing, the crew need paying. There's so much of the industry needs finance teams. And that's in the production finance space, which what which is what we've been talking about, but also in the studio space. So, you know, content accounting, um, FPA, there's so many roles that are finance-based, both um, on productions and in studios. So if anybody is listening who thinks that it's not a career choice, it really is. And, you know, we need more people to come into the industry. Yeah. Do you feel like, well, well, you would know this, but is there is there a skill shortage in this position uh, in both the North America and the UK, I suppose, with the amount of money that's been spent on production? Yeah, absolutely there is. And there's a lot of um, industry bodies that are looking at how we can bring more people in. Um and, you know, one of the reasons for this has been there has been a boom. Shows have got bigger and more complicated. So mm -hmm. team sizes are bigger. But in addition to team sizes being bigger, there's more productions being made as well. You know, the UK um, is very, very busy and and has has been for the last, you know, couple of years, five, ten years, maybe even longer. And so um, we definitely need more people in the finance teams. And it's interesting that I would say in my career, there's a good portion of people that work in production finance that don't come from finance backgrounds, as in they haven't done AAT or an accounting degree, etc. But they've wanted to get into TV and film and they've got in and they've maybe had an aptitude for finance and moved in. Mm -hmm. So if you do have an accounting background you know, there's there's so many roles for you. So we should we should be encouraging more and educating more of of opportunities to get into the industry. How do you think uh, studios and the industry can go about raising more awareness of of a career in this field? There's a lot of work already happening. Um, I know that you know I came and spoke to the university. I have many yeah. colleagues that do the same. The Production Guild of Great Britain they do a lot of work in this. Um, realm as well screen skills which is 
they they do a variety of work across all of the different spheres in um, production. But they do they do have um, ways that you can on their website if you go on they they talk about how you can get into the industry, but including production accounting. Okay. So I know that there's a lot of work going on in that way. You know, careers fairs, how we get in at careers fairs. So there is work going on, but obviously there's a lot of work still to do. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you recommend that someone gets started in? How do the people get started in finance production? What What's the best way in? I would say to check like your local, um, your local uh, film, screen film alliances. So Manchester, um, if you're in Manchester, you know, you can check with Screen Manchester. Um, also Production Guild of Great Britain and Screen Skills. They're three really great places just to look for what's happening, any courses that are coming up. Um, I mean, we do, we run a course um, for Net- Netflix via the Production Guild and we do that twice a year. So um, we bring in, I think we've had over 40 people we've brought in so far and many of them are still working within the industry. So there are, the, and uh, you know, ITV do some, BBC, there's lots of different studios and broadcasters run training programmes. And so there are many opportunities to get into the industry. So definitely have a look at industry bodies, look at what's happening locally um, and look for opportunities. Okay, thanks very much for that, Kelly. So so let's talk about the future of the streaming industry. How do you see things changing over the coming five years? Have we, are we at the peak of streaming content, do you feel? Um, or do you think that it's it's starting to plateau out because there's there's just so much content being made at one time now? I mean, who knows? Um, I think it depends on how we absorb the content. And, you know, as the generations come through, how people are, what people are watching, how much they watch changes. So um, so it really depends on demand because that's mm-hmm. essentially um, what it's about. I think at Netflix, we're focused on making the best content possible. Yeah. So, you know, to make sure that you want to be a subscriber. So, um so I think there's, I think there's always has been, and there always will be um, a strong demand for entertainment. I don't really see that changing, and entertainment obviously comes in many different ways. So, um, what I will say is, talking about actual production, we definitely hit a huge um, production boom after COVID. So yeah. I know there was a lot in the press about it. Um, but, you know, we had the backlog of all the shows that would have been produced in COVID and then all the shows that were ready to go. So it did create a kind of bottleneck of shows and it was very, very busy. So um, it isn't, you know, it, it did ease off, but I do think it was because of that COVID backlog of shows. Yeah. But I think, you know, I I think everybody is still, well, we're still producing in the UK, BBC, you know, the, everybody's still producing. So I think it's a, a really great industry to get into. Oh. So let, let's do some hot takes. So these are short, quick fire questions um, to round things off today. So um, interested to know for your answer for this one. So what's been your favorite Netflix uh, film or TV show from this year? Oh, I've got a few. Okay. Um, I'm loving At Home in the Furies at the moment. I okay. Yeah. I am loving that. But I'm also 
I like uplifting shows. So mm-hmm. funny, uplifting tend to be my thing. So I loved Bank of Dave. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, that yes, Bank of Dave, absolutely. Oh my God, I love that. Heart Stopper, I love. Wham, I loved. And um, Love is Blind, I'm a sucker for dating shows. So yeah, there are a few of my favorites from this year. Uh, that's it, that's a good collection there. So uh, second question, would you rather work on a TV show or a big budget feature film? I am going to have to say TV because like TV is where I started. And um, so I, I, if I had to choose, but I love both, it's yeah. probably TV because it's where I started. Okay. And uh, and what would be your best uh, bit of advice be for an accountant student in 2023? I would say work hard because it's going to be worth it. Um, your exams only last for a little bit of time. And I know it's at the time it feels like it's all encompassing, but you'll reap the rewards later and definitely consider this as an industry it's given me such an amazing career so far and so many amazing experiences so it's definitely something to consider and finally i would say grab every opportunity that comes up because you never know where it's going to lead so make sure that you maximize opportunities when they when they come along some great advice there kelly Thank you so much for coming on to see us today. It's been lovely having you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's been our pleasure. And uh, and, that, and that brings an end to uh, today's episode of Talking Salford. So if you like what you hear, please do subscribe or keep watching the videos on YouTube. It's great to see the audience growing as we continue. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>